man. You want to start with the intro? Do we have an intro? Like, welcome everyone to a new podcast. It's a completely new one on Spotify. What's everybody? Welcome back to my podcast. Today we're going <laughs> to... That's enthusiastic. That's what we want to hear. So, welcome everyone on this new podcast here on Spotify, probably, or maybe Apple Music. We don't know yet. The first, very first episode we managed to record a few weeks back and actually never made it to the public. Uh, this is actually the first one we are now airing somewhere in the near future, probably. Uh, it's Friday the 13th. Maybe not the best Ooh, day spooky. to start a new podcast. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's not only that, but also some Corona news all around the world. So we don't want to go too deep into this topic. But, uh, yeah, maybe the first one we want to talk about is, I think you have already mentioned something on Twitter, like mm -hmm. on how you prepare for maybe some quarantine measurements from the governments around the world on how really? to get prepared to like have enough food for your tarantulas so yeah a and other animals too because tarantulas can go a long time without needing food but you know animals like snakes and whatever they can go a while too but like still you don't want to make them skinny and go without so i've been true, really trying true. to stock up on everything from dog food to tarantula stuff and kind of focus more on things that are going to last feeders that aren't just going to die, you know, within a few days, like crickets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They die off really quickly. My, I think what I'm going to be doing today is feed a bunch of tarantulas, hornworms to kind of keep them content for a while. And then once they're ready for feeding again, I've got super worms and I'm, I'm sitting in my car right now. I just picked up 200 dubia roaches. So those are going to last a while. Yeah, definitely. That's a good colony. Actually, they will eventually start breeding by their own. So what are you, are you doing anything? Cause see, you're right next to Italy. It's kind of, the panic is just starting to hit in the States. I think a lot of people are starting to realize that this is more serious than originally we were led to believe, but you're right next to Italy who's been battling this for a while. Yeah, true, what true. So, so living, living in Switzerland, actually, we have now just had a press conference from our government like two hours ago. And now they decided some new measurements and actually the schools are closed uh, for the next two weeks, I think, until 4th of April. And there will be quite some significant, yeah, how do you say, like differences uh, in our daily life, probably. So right. I'm basically are in the position to have a, a roach colony going on anyway. Um, for two different species, so the, the red runners, the lateralis roaches, and also for the dubia roaches. So I'm basically, yeah, well well prepared for, for everything, I yeah. think, uh, because I only own tarantulas and two snakes, and for the snakes I have quite a lot of frozen uh, mice in, frozen, in the fridge. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that will work fine, but as you mentioned, it's like changing, also in the US probably, in the next couple of days. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I think this week is really going to kind of foreshadow how this is going to play out in the United States. Fortunately, it seems like a lot of people who keep tarantulas or at least a significant amount of them are prepared without even trying because a lot of people keep 
you know, dubia roach colonies and stuff like that. So at least most people who keep a significant amount of tarantulas are already going to be set in the event that they can't leave their home or something like that. So that is kind of reassuring, but it is something people need to keep in mind. I I think especially in countries that haven't been uh, as, as affected, I guess, yet. Um, maybe now is the time to kind of make sure you've got a plan just in case, you know, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean everything's going to be implemented, but it's just good to, you got to watch for your family and you got to watch for your animals. That's true. So, but another tip maybe for, for this instance is if you're running low on any food, um, you could potentially keep the temperature a little bit lower than usual. Uh, especially for tarantulas. Mm, I'm not, not an expert in reptiles or snakes, but, uh, it basically yeah, slows down their metabolism, uh, especially in, in, in vertebrates and tarantulas, and it shouldn't harm them that much. So we maybe have to translate the Celsius degree to Fahrenheit someone because I'm, I'm, I'm only using the degree Celsius measurements. But if you keep your tarantulas, <laughs> I think around 22 <laughs> to 24 degrees, uh, that's that's totally fine. And you, you can actually put or turn the lights off or your heating sources off. So they will not, yeah, continuously grow if you are running low on any food sources. What we don't hope, and we don't need to spread any panic here, but just in case, that would be maybe another tip. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good tip. I, I don't even think of that either. So, Yeah, but I think, yeah, maybe let's close the corona topic. It's a hard topic for the very first episode. I'm sure people are so tired Yeah, of it probably. Right and we were not airing it today, so they'll probably be hearing it on, on Sunday or Monday, this first episode. Um, yes. But maybe we should explain what this podcast is all about. Um, That's a so, great idea. Yeah. I don't know. I feel it should be just the two worlds colliding somewhat, uh, hence the name. So isn't necessarily a very strict podcast with a lot of different topics to talk about, but it should maybe just be more of a conversation, natural conversation on the most recent topics. I don't know how you feel about that. Mm -hmm. Is it like, well, I think what our main point uh, in this is, is to just kind of show that um, two different people from completely different parts of the world completely different YouTube channels, completely different everything almost, we can come together and kind of focus in on what we have in common, which is tarantulas, of course. So I think uh, it would be interesting to hear two different people's perspectives on topics uh, surrounding the tarantula hobby and whatnot, and just kind of also show other people, you know, that kind of maybe do feel somewhat of a divide in the hobby between maybe Europeans and Americans or more scientific based keepers versus more casual pet keepers. Just kind of hear two perspectives coming together. And yeah, maybe it will help in the long run. Yeah. Thanks for explaining it more in depth because (laughs) yeah as you hear maybe my English is not on point I'm not a native English speaker but Kat is so yeah I'm I'm glad she's explaining the things a little bit more (laughs) in depth for for all of you guys so yeah maybe we just head to the next topic I would like to talk about the 1000th species of tarantula described just a short information to keep this podcast also maybe with some information from from the science world 
So okay. I don't know if you've heard from it because it's not really an official number, but the Trentupedia page, uh, which is out there and led by some South African right. people. Right, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Uh, they, they usually link all the new articles and prepare it for like the hobby people in a more uh, understandable way. So if you don't know the site, mm -hmm. uh, for all of you out there, Trentupedia, it's, it's quite nice. And they have actually mentioned that... Uh, this new species of Indian tarantula could potentially be the 1,000 uh, species described. So, wow. yeah, we have now a thousand different tarantula species out there. And that's <laughs> crazy amount of that we, know that we know of. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. potentially be there are like over 600 more easily. Or they. Wow. Do you have any information on this new species? Because I personally haven't like even looked into that yet. Yeah, well, it should be. It's it's only a two pager, so it's quite a mm -hmm. short description of this new species. Um, it's from India, like the Western Ghats region. It's a mountain range, and maybe the funny or the interesting part about this species is because it's the close relatives are not from India or or Asia or Southeast Asia, but the closest relatives of this genus are actually from Africa. So they're oh. in a subfamily called, uh, called Oimenoformine. And this subfamily okay. is actually the same subfamily where, for example, the Monocentropus palfuri belongs into. So the Socotrum mm -hmm. blue tarantula, which like a lot of people keep in the hobby because they're communal. So they're within the same subfamily because like a long time ago, I think 60 million or somewhat years, uh, India was actually part of the African continent and it split apart. So wow. this looks like to be uh, some remains and the spider itself is like really dull brown and extremely small and does not really resemble <laughs> a typical tarantula, I think. Um, yeah. But that's the the, the funny or, or interesting fact about it. So yeah, that's actually fascinating, and I I wonder if people will will really like start trying to get that in the hobby. But, you know, everybody likes those like bright colored new species true, and stuff. True. I wonder if a small brown one is going to have that same height yeah. once it kind of comes in. Do you have a lot of uh, people breeding like uncommon species in the U.S. Like like not the colorful ones, but maybe dull brown looking ones and and. Is it is it a I common thing? I know a couple people. I, I know a couple people that really like are focusing on everything they can breed. Awesome. But what comes to mind, of course, is you know going to be Tom Patterson and Warren. They both are really um, good about trying to get new species breeding yeah. here. And I know Warren specifically. He's a he's a big breeder here. He really enjoys the brown tarantulas like me. <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the community is small, I think, with the, like, unspectacular oh, yeah. ones, but, uh, yeah, nevertheless. But it's a species from India, and I think mm -hmm. there it gets maybe a little bit complicated, because I think also you guys in the U.S. have now a different law for the Petiloteria species, like the ornamental yeah. tree yeah. tiger tarantulas. And I think because it's in the same family, like the tarantulas, Kupench could potentially be like involved in the near future so that it's also illegal oh, yeah. to keep so yeah different times That's definitely a possibility absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah because of the news we'll i'm see. actually having a 
glass of uh, white wine at the moment. All the Corona stuff. Oh. Yeah, I, I didn't switch to beer, but uh, yeah. Well, you should have told me, and I, I, I have a coffee now. I feel stupid mm. and underprepared. Yeah, but it's morning at your place, and it's Perfect. evening at my place. Friday evening. It's noon. Yeah. It's noon. Yeah. It's okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> it's not even allowed now to go to restaurants. It's like the maximum is about 50 people. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You drink We've at home. We've got limits now. now, too. Yep. Yep. So, next, the thing I've just seen on Facebook, I think it was in an Arachnoboards thread where someone just bought a pet, which is not very usual. It wasn't velvet ant. And uh, the velvet ants are basically, yeah, like huge wingless wasps. Uh, they're quite big. They reach about two centimeters in body length, uh, but they look like an ant, hence the name. And they're also closely related because like, yeah, in general, ants are very closely related to uh, wasps. But uh, what do you think about like keeping animals as a pet, which you can't really breed? Because uh, the velvet ants are, are like, they need uh, bees to like, get their eggs inside of the right. bees and the larvae eat the bees. Wow. So, yeah, it's crazy. Metal. Yeah, truly metal. So I'm not sure, like, what you think about this topic uh, to get, like, animals just for the pure enjoyment. Because in the end, <laughs> yeah. we're, like, keeping all our animals for enjoyment, like, more or less. It's not... Uh, yeah. I don't know if I have a strong opinion on this, to be honest. That's an opinion. I don't have anything like where I'm like, oh, I would never do that. Or I, I don't know. I It's hard to say like velvet ants. I'm, I'm not even that familiar with them, but like would I guess then they would be all wild caught, right? Yeah, probably. They're all wild and, caught. Yeah. And that comes with its own set of issues. So personally, I don't know if I would keep something that has such an issue being bred in captivity because... Mm -hmm. Just wild caught can come with their own problems. I'm not saying I'm totally against wild caught. I just would prefer to kind of keep things captive bred. Of course, I have a lot of tarantulas that were probably wild caught. So, but I, I don't know, like, uh, if I would personally do it, what would, what do you think? Well, I think it's like when you keep animals just for the pure enjoyment, that's one side. But if you keep animals, you can't really breed inside captivity and, and you're like, you have to get them from the wild. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just not fair to like yeah. uh, poach them for the pure enjoyment. Because in the end, like the whole tarantula passion, um, on, on my side at least, is like, because you can actually uh, captive breed these animals and you don't really rely on, yeah, another another batch of wild caught right. animals to, to get people uh, enjoy it. Because... I think people are like they're they get what they want, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so you can't really uh, make laws to prohibit stuff. Yeah, and I mean, we also see these kind of animals. Like you do, kind of like remind me. We see animals that are brought into the hobby that do not do good in captivity, but people keep bringing them in the hobby, and it, they're. I, like the first thing that comes to mind is a camel spider. Have you ever kept one of those alive for very long? Uh, yeah, but I actually have uh, two camel spiders at yeah. the moment. 
How how um, are they doing? Because mine mine thrived for months and then it just stopped eating. Yeah. Well, the trick is uh, the kernel spider, like the solifugae. It's mm-hmm. like they have. Uh, there is a lot known about their biology, and uh, you can actually keep them uh, in captivity. The thing is, and the trick is, um, what I've read that they do like a when they molt, it takes several weeks. Wow! For the whole molting process, and what a lot of people when like they keep them as pet in the captivity, they mm-hmm. just like throw the spider away because they think they're dead. Oh wow! Uh, but they're still molting. They're in the process of molting, which, what I've read, and there is also a book about it from from biologists. It's like really taking a long time, and but also like captive breeding and and stuff for for the camel spiders. It has been done in the past. There oh, are wow, just I not many that. people. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. there's just not many people uh, fully. I don't know. How do you say? Like they're not many experts out there who are passionate about them as as a lot of people are about tarantulas but yeah i think if there would be a group of people who just like try to breed cam yeah exactly like focus on on the biology and the husbandry of these camel spiders right you would eventually be able to breed certain species of course there would be ones who are better suited right so but, you, what you're uh, saying is, is that like they do have the capability of being bred in captivity, whereas the velvet ants, they, they don't because you need that host, that bee host. Yeah, of course. But you could organize that host, right? It's not that like true, impossible. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's like when it's such a dedicated project. Right. Um, you just offer them as wild caught for like $20 Mm-hmm. and you just collect as many as possible. But no one <clears throat> and, and with no one, I mean there is just no group who is like captive breeding uh, this species for the whole pet trade. Yeah. Then I think it's not something you should encourage to do. That's my opinion. Yeah. I, I definitely can see that. Okay. Like but same uh, with tarantulas. No, it's like the yeah. most common tarantula is hard to breed. Like the, the, the Gramostola rosea, the, the rose hair tarantula. The polka I hear. And the polka too. Yeah. They're like, starter beginner tarantulas but they're hard to breathe yeah and and most of them are wild caught is it also seems like it's hard to get mature males of a lot of them too for some reason especially the rosea yeah because the wild caughts are female usually like females yeah and uh, then you don't get any males and you just get your males when you breed them but uh it like it's super complicated to breed them you have to simulate a dry period, a different uh, temperature uh, levels, a different period of time. And yeah, I, I don't know many people who have successfully bred pulchra. I know a lot of people who have paired them with males. Oh, me too. But none. But none dropped the sack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And, and they're legal exports. Yeah. So it's not like it's a species which was poached illegally. But like Chile, Chile closed the border, I think, last year for these exports. But mm-hmm. in the last 10 years or so, it was legal to export these Gramosta larosea species and specimens in like yeah. hundreds and thousands. And no one was uh, eager to breed them because you could get them for like $5. Yeah, an adult too. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's really crazy. So quite a topic we have there. Mm-hmm. It's like for the first episode, we have 
already we are on the point of talking about illegal stuff and and laws and and so yeah it's good yeah don't you get interesting yeah an organic conversation no because the like the part with the illegal stuff and the law stuff yeah regarding tarantulas but generally exotics i think it's changing a lot in the near future yeah and uh, i think the tarantula community has a lot of homework to do so that we can like show to the public that we are actually doing serious work um and with serious work i mean like breeding tarantulas there are a lot of successful breedings out there but no one is really talking about besides putting a picture it on facebook yeah um so for the officials it's like no one is breeding them right. because there are no publications about it and uh, there are just a few people uh, who who really take the time to like document their their breeding uh, projects for an article for like the British Tarantula Society Journal or everything. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It has changed. I think a lot with the Pertiloteria stuff has has to do with that as well because they have not cited any captive breeding article, so they all think now that they every Pertiloteria. Um, or ornamental tree tiger tarantula. Sorry, I'm not good with the common names, but uh, <laughs> they're like they're like wild caught. Yeah, but they're not. But there are not many articles about right. it of people who have breed them. So yeah, I think a part of the hobby, like uh, it's really starting to get pushed more and more that if you're keeping tarantulas, you're you're breeding tarantulas down the line. Like it seems like people are really. I mean, myself included, are really kind of getting into that side of the hobby. Yeah. And I kind of, you started now, right? I mean, I haven't been successful yet, but I've paired, so that's awesome. <laughs> a start. <laughs> I feel like here in the United States, it's probably even more important to start establishing captive bred, you know, tarantulas, considering the laws that we have and the importation, you know, things that we have to go through. Yeah, true. Is it like also with interstate uh, trading as well it depends or do you know, it, is it like oh it depends oh yeah oh yeah so i think kat is doing the outro because she's way better in english <laughs> and i probably had already way too much white wine but i think no, it was no. a nice first episode <laughs> so well thanks for yeah. listening to this podcast thank you for- and uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully soon again <laughs> yes thank you guys so much for listening um hopefully you guys enjoyed if you have topic suggestions, definitely send them our way. Um, and let us know your thoughts, of course, on things we talked about here and the podcast in general. And we'll be back here soon, especially if we're uh, not being able to do any activity outside our homes. We'll probably be recording uh, quite a bit, I would think. Um, yeah, I just started with the cutting and recording for, for YouTube. Again. Oh, good. So. Yeah. Definitely. And definitely check out if you're here because I directed you here, please go check out his YouTube. He has lots of valuable information. And if you're here from his him directing you here, then you can come check out mine if you want. Definitely not required. I'm not everybody's taste. I can understand that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. so. So I mean, that's okay.